Evelyn is deeply unhappy with the knowledge that I am here. She does not like ghosts. She runs from her past, and sometimes the past catches her and makes her pay. Ghosts are not always literal. We are all haunted. I don't think I am alive enough to be a ghost. Ghosts are people. Ghosts are simply lost. I'm more than lost. I am... Desolate, deserted, barren and broken and forsaken. Or I was. What am I now, now that my presence is no longer a secret? Since I screamed, and they heard, and my fragile privacy was broken, the light outside has gone and come and gone again, and now they are sleeping. Helena, I think it must be strange that even as Goose and Evelyn disagree and argue, they continue to sleep, side by side, in the bed that once belonged to the man. Is that strange? Despite everything, I think they must care for each other. They protect each other. After I broke through the divide between what I am and where they are, just for that tiny, infinite moment, I... I was distracted. I do not... Helena, I think it took a lot out of me to do that. The direct aftermath is a strange blur, but I will tell you what I can. Evelyn screamed, clung to Goose, and cried out, begging the man to spare her life, to leave her and Goose alone. It was odd, though. She put herself in front of them, as if to protect them from me, as if she would rather die than lose someone else. Goose, remarkably, seemed calm despite it all. They did let out a scream, but it was more one of surprise than of fear, that of an unexpected friend jumping out to scare you the kind that carries a sort of safety. They stood there behind their friend and protector, by the newly uncovered door, staring into the space I occupied, searching quietly for the source of the sound. It was, Helena, it was terrible to be heard, like a birth, like I had been skinned with the house and I was lying raw and bloody and vulnerable at their feet. Even though they did not see me, they were aware of me. I was no longer a secret. My days of watching unnoticed and unseen and unfelt were over, are over. I have never been seen like that, even as their eyes never reached me. 
and it sent my mind spinning, despite the fog. But at the same time, oh, at the same time, it was beautiful. It was as if I had stepped out into fresh snow. My feet and face and hands and nose cold, but alive. As if I was running in a field of flowers, the sun warm on my face. As if I was swimming in the ocean and endless blue stretched out before me. I was at the edge of a cliff, and all I had to do was take one simple step. I thought I was not alone before, but I had no idea. Eventually, Goose decided that I would not show my face, so they turned to Evelyn, concern clear in their every step. She was still crying, her breathing coming fast and labored, begging for her life, but her friend calmed her, their words gentle and their touch on her shoulders reassuring, grounding. At least it seemed so. I do not know what it is to feel touch. She ran her hands over their shoulders and arms and even briefly cupped their face before turning away wiping the tears from her eyes and walking briskly down the stairs. It was as if she was embarrassed to have been that vulnerable. I could relate. They didn't open the door, though. I know that. Still it stands, still boarded up and yet free from the wallpaper membrane that housed it. But they have at least given me that much dignity. Seeing it is ugly, I think. The door makes me feel, makes me feel dizzy? Pain, somehow, behind my eyes, right under my forehead. I don't have skin, or eyes, or any of that. Not really, I can't. I'm not really here. And I haven't hurt, ever. Not that I can recall, but the door, it, it is so terrible, so Horrifying, I feel an awful certainty that opening it will destroy me. Destroy everything. A portal to something monstrous. A chasm that divides me from them. Past from present. Lost from living. It must stay closed tight. Or we will all fall through the cracks. When she had recovered her wits, slumped on the couch as that worn-out exhaustion of post-panic calm washed over her, she turned to Goose. Why aren't we running? She asked them. Beside her, they shrugged. If it wanted to hurt us, they said, don't you think it would have taken us out by now? Besides, we don't know that whatever is here is evil. We don't? She was surprised by this assertion, and I shrunk away from her, that terrible anger that she houses within her soul scaring me nearly as much as the room upstairs. Duncan screamed. He sealed that place up and screamed, and he could have hurt us. He could hurt us. Why are we still here? So Evelyn took me for the man. This is one way that I know they did not see me. 
I may not know my own face, but I do know my body. Short, youthful, with curves and long hair that I can see falling down over my shoulders. The man, or should I call him Duncan? No, that, that name. I do not like that name. The man was taller, heavier, kept his hair trimmed no lower than his shoulders, and often had a face full of stubble, if not a full beard. I am not the man. Goose just looked at her. You think that was Duncan, they said. It wasn't a question. Who else would it be? Evelyn asked. If she hadn't been so tired, Helena, she would have been yelling. Did that sound like a man's scream to you? Goose countered. I'd never thought about it before, I suppose, but... My voice is not the same as the man's. His was rough around the edges. Sandpaper words and jagged sounds. Helena, how would you describe my voice? I've never given it much thought. Hmm. What are you saying? Evelyn answered, for the first time more confused than frightened. Whatever is haunting this place, it isn't Duncan Blair. Goose said. Silence filled the room after that. I was somewhere else in my mind, stuck between aching to pray to you and fearing that they might hear me again. Did I want to be heard again? Do I? Somehow I can't bring myself to answer that, but I did wait until I was sure they were asleep to begin this prayer, so... Hmm. So... Evelyn started, eventually. Who is it? By way of response, Goose asked... Goose asked her what she had said the other day? About the man? About the man's daughter? His... his daughter? Helena, the man had a daughter, I... Evelyn said that the man's daughter disappeared. That there were strange circumstances never spoken of in her family that her uncle was a recluse, that her mother, his sister, never let him near the rest of the family, that she was certain he had killed, killed, she was certain he had killed young Lorna Blair. Hmm, what was I saying? Helena, will you remind me what I was saying? Will you? Hmm, oh, the house. Evelyn wants to sell the house. She has this beautiful house, this perfect world to surround her and keep her safe, and she wants to give it away. We should go, she told Goose. We can't let her hurt us. I won't let her hurt us. Where would we go? Goose asked. I don't know. We can get a hotel or something, figure it out from there, but we can't stay here. She's scared of me. Me? I have never been feared before. Have I? I suppose not. Not by the man who could not see me, and not by the house, and not by the spider that used to live in that corner. I'm not exactly a threat. Just another speck of dust. Too insignificant to notice. Or I had thought I was. Do you fear me, Helena? Is that why you stay away? 
Please don't, my glowing girl. Please don't fear me. I worship you. Please, my goddess. Please, my love. Please don't fear me. Please, save me. At least Goose doesn't fear me. Or I don't think they do. They have a theory. It is not exactly an accurate theory, but it is a theory nonetheless. They think I screamed to protect them, that I know some secret they do not of some terrible treasure or curse or weapon within the room that will harm them. They think I want to keep them safe. Evelyn disagrees, of course, but Goose continued to argue their point that the door was hidden on purpose, that the man had hoped it would never be found. Naturally, there would be a reason for it being hidden, no? They think, I know that reason, that I screamed to keep them from uncovering it, not out of some foreign and forgotten self-preservation instinct, but out of love or affection or kinship. Evelyn just stared at them, though, her face full of skepticism. That skepticism, though, it is a mask for her fear. As I have told you, most things Evelyn does are to conceal her fear. Even if that's true, she said after a moment, I don't see why that would be a reason to stay. This house has secrets, Goose continued, and I want to find out what they are. She could have heard us by now. Hell, she's probably listening, but she hasn't. I want to know why, Ev. When Evelyn didn't answer, they added, Besides, we don't exactly have the money to get a new house, and this place would need a lot of work before we could sell it. So we don't exactly have a choice. Is that so? Are they really trapped here like me? Maybe we aren't cohabitants after all. Maybe we're cellmates. If this house is a prison, then who's the warden? Regardless, Evelyn realized that Goose was right, that she is just as trapped as I. Helena, I find no joy in this, in these innocents being trapped by their circumstances and their ghosts, literal or not. It is a simple truth. Cold, hard fact. Fine, then we stay. Evelyn agreed. But we need a plan. I have a plan. Goose said, their voice strong. Let me talk to her. That is all there is to tell, Helena. I wish I had more. I could tell you about how Evelyn left this morning, and I was worried that she would be gone for good. She returned, though, just as she always does. Or I could tell you about the long time Goose spent staring at the newly revealed door as if that would be enough to make me appear. I almost wish it was. But I am still here, and I am still not here. I think that what I have told you is all that there is to tell. At least for now. Goose has made no move to talk to me. Though, I do find myself waiting. For the first time, I feel curious, true, Hungry curiosity. I am still asleep, I think. There is something in me that simply cannot awaken, but I don't know, Helena. I'm alert. I wonder. 
what will happen next in this story. Weaver is written and produced by Newton Sweeney. This episode featured Newton Sweeney as Lorna. Our script editor is Veda Wheeler. Our production consultant, sound designer, and sound engineer is Newton Shadokati. Our theme is composed and performed by Raya Ming. Our cover art is by James Smith. To find cast and crew bios, links to our social media, episode transcripts, and more, check out our website at weaverpod.carrd.co for more information. Thanks for listening.